This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rob Ryan Road. Hello, Croissant. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham podcast brought to you by Red 10 People Development. Now, they say following Wrexham can feel like a soap opera at times. We've seen off neighbours and now it's time for a trip to the Rovers return. On today's podcast, we'll take a look at our FA Cup exploits, the weekend clash with Wimbledon and talk all things transfers with our very special guest. First of all, Naif, how are you doing? Yeah, I've been in under the weather, mate, but I feel better now. I was worried about coming on the podcast sounding full of cold, but post Shrewsbury, happy days, mate. I was I was a little bit moany on the Twitter space after the FA Cup draw, I'll be honest. I was getting a little bit of heat because I was moaning and sticking my nose up at Blackburn Rovers, former Premier League winner. So, yeah, I'm good, mate. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Um have got some serious knee damage from when I celebrated the goal at Shrewsbury. Went flying three rows forward, lost everything that was in my pockets. Had to go to the dentist to get today to get a retainer due to the damage that were cut co- that was caused by it. But wow, priceless, mate. What a day it was. What a day it was. And yeah, let's bring in our guest, uh, Sooty Richard Sutcliffe from The Athletic. How are you doing? How was the weekend for you? Very good, very good, thanks. Yeah, it was a uh, it was my first taste of uh, Shrewsbury, Wrexham, Derby. So that was uh, pretty eventful. Nice and feisty. Where does it rank for you? Because obviously, sort of Wrexham rivalries, I know the, the Chester one is a very unique rivalry being the cross-border derby, but where did this one rank for you in terms of vitriol, maybe? Yeah, well, I, I enjoyed it for that reason because it clearly mattered. You could see that. And I, I was talking to people from Shrewsbury before the game and they were saying, well, you could tell by the fact that a lot of their fans had sort of migrated from behind the goal to, to basically get the seat to the seated area just to your right as you were looking out of the away end. And that's always a sign that there's uh, a little bit of argy-bargy expected in a game because obviously they can then shout and ball and chuck the vapes or whatever they were doing all the way through the match. But yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a, there was a real edge to it. It didn't go too far. Obviously, James McLean did his best to wind everyone up, which I quite enjoyed. And <laughs> I loved his celebration when the goal went in because everyone else obviously runs to... To uh, to O'Connor, but he just turns around and runs straight. 
not not quite like Bennett. I've been told on the Riverside when he goose stepped all the way down one side of the pitch, but <laughs> he, he went straight for that block in the corner they, uh, to celebrate in front of, which uh, I quite liked. Yeah, I had that real nice, nasty edge to it, which I think we all enjoyed. Um, both of you then, Brexit exploits on social media. We've been despised by rival fans against the week. Everyone loves the loves the Wrexham pile on, don't they? I mean, winning in Shrewsbury's big day out, it, it did feel like that, didn't it? I mean, what else have they got to play for this season? It is remarkable that that post... I mean, I was looking, for example, at Man United. I was just trying to compare it to some Premier League teams. You maybe get one post that gets a million views or two million views. It had like 13 million views, that video. And Mullen does that every week. And obviously, all these fans don't know he does that anyway. But... It, it, what makes me laugh is the irony of people saying, I'm sick of Wrexham, I'm tired of Wrexham, tired of Wrexham getting all this attention. And yet you look at the figures and it's like getting more views than anything any team in the world is putting out that week. So um, I think it's all good fun. And Blackburn Rovers fans are already panicking that there'll be more Wrexham there than than Rovers. So all good fun. Um, and really, Sooty, the, the best thing about it is at the very top of the tree is the most calm and anti not anti-media, but anti-attention bloke in the world in Phil Parkinson. He's so level-headed with the whole thing. He's not getting too swept up by any of the hysteria. No, you watch him on the touchline and obviously and you, obviously, we've now seen him in the dressing room with his enthusiasm levels and obviously he's very excitable at times, but he's the ideal bloke for this. He's, he's had 20 years in management. There's not a lot he's not had to contend with. You know, you think back to his time at Bolton, when you know there's people losing the jobs and he's just trying to keep a club together, he's had his time. I, I covered him a lot at Bradford and I, as well at Hull. We had a really horrible five months there when he got the sack. So he's seen everything. So he is quite level-headed, and I really did like the sort of history lesson he gave everyone on Saturday afternoon in terms of the players, just to what it meant, you know, and and, and to go through. Well, you know, it's Shrewsbury who effectively kicked Wrexham out of the league. We know it came later with Hereford, but you know, I, I've. Certainly since the draw, I spoke to a lot of people and it, two things were mentioned. It was either the last team to win at, at Gay Meadow or it was the following season when basically, you know, that lifeless just slid, you know, 3-0 defeat at your rivals who obviously loved every second of it. And for him to actually get that across to the players and then I, you know, I interviewed three players after the game independently and every single one of them mentioned 2008 and that 3-0 defeat. And I love that because that, A, the listening to him and B, they're actually taking on board what it meant to him. And then it makes them, you know, and it gives them that edge. You know, I know we saw Elliot Lee having a pop at the uh, at the, at the, at the, at the home player who, talk, who called them semi-pro because they've been in the National League the previous season. But I love that. And I think that's that extra motivation that that, that makes a team like Rex and the team they are because they, they dig deep when they have to. And sometimes because they have, and, and actually because they want to, because they've got a reason to beat these people. Yeah, I've said it before, I think, haven't I? As well, I love being, I love being hated. Yeah, we were people had sympathy on it of us for so long, and we were so often. Oh, I'd love to see Wrexham back in the league. You've been gone for so long. Everyone now wishes we were still in non-league. They absolutely hate us, and that shows what a good job we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say that that he's so good in cup competitions, Parky. That you know, I, I shouldn't have been surprised. I said I, I text Sutty saying, oh, "I'm not sure today, maybe a draw." And you said, oh, no, you'll, you'll, you'll beat him. And really, he was so animated. I thought, normally, in the league, we're winning a lot more than we lose. So he's quite, he can be quite calm, gets a bit irate. But he was so animated, I thought, sort of, in, in, that, in those first 15 minutes when they pressed us to death, nearly. They, they really went at us. And people next to me said, there's no way they'll sustain this. But 
you know, he can mix it up. He can sort of be quite stoic on the touchline, or he can really be basically out there kicking and heading it with them. He can, and, 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 you know, again, going back to his time at Bradford when I was at the Yorkshire Post, I've seen what he can do in cup football. You know, I've seen him go to Chelsea, 2-0 down, 37 minutes. Jose Mourinho's in charge, the top of the Premier League. They didn't lose in the Premier League at home all season. Bradford came back and won 4-2. They beat Arsenal at home on penalties. They went to Villa, knocked them out. Got to Wembley as a fourth division team, as a League Two team. So he, he, he knows what he's doing in cup ties and certainly going to shoot. I'm, I'm fully expecting to go to Blackburn and get a result. You know, Blackburn aren't having a great season. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of them. They're not a great team to me. You know, they were better last season when they had Diaz. I know they've yeah. got they are scoring goals this year, but I expect Wrexham to go there. Seven thousand fans, which I'm presuming they're going to get. I, I I can certainly see him if not winning the game, then certainly taking him back to the race course because he just knows what he's doing. He's he's got that knack. And he's he's from near there, isn't he? Was was he Chorley based? Chorley was. Yeah. yeah, his his parents live up down in the in the, in the um, Teesside way. But yeah, he's from there. You know, I don't think he was a Blackburn fan as a kid. It's been I've tried to pin him down over the years as to exactly which team it was, but it seemed to move from Bury to Bolton, move around a little bit. I think it might have depended on where he was managing at the time. I'm not sure, but uh, but no, he's, he's from that area. And uh, you know, like I say, it's just and not only has he got the knack with cup football, but he takes he takes the players with him, as as was shown on Sunday. Well, Rich, uh, to both of you, um, there's plenty of players we can talk about, but one. To get the ball rolling, I know you would love to talk about Gorgeous George, I'm sure, Rich. But Tom O'Connor is one of the most interesting ones, not only because he scored or got that deflected goal, but changed position. You know, he was this midfielder, this dynamic midfielder that is now the role played by George Evans. He's gone into left centre back, centre back scenario where Toes has been in and out, Hayden's out now and been in and out, Tunnicliffe, O'Connell, Max. Really, Tom O'Connor's probably been our most consistent centre back. And a year ago, you wouldn't have really seen that coming. I know he played there a couple of times, that Bromley Cup final. I start with uh, Rich before I go to Sutty. What did you? What have you made of it? Because I thought he was player of the match. I know Elliot Lee got it officially, but I thought Tom O'Connor was the the player of the match for us. Yeah, when there's only one goal in the game, it's very easy just to give it to the to, to an attacking player. And I think Elliot Lee. I don't know how the hell he got my the match to be honest, but fair play to him. Um, that's one of his great tricks, I suppose. Tom O'Connor just just does the dirty work. He's just so effortless. And you think about back to that Notts County game when starting that game at left centre back looked like a massive, massive risk, and he was sensational in that match as well. I think he's just been so class, so professional. And again, one of those players who we've said in the past didn't go into the Wrexham team immediately when he was signed. He's taken a little while to get up to speed to sort of fit into to Parkey's setup. But right now, we, we speak almost every single week on, on record about how we're unsure what the back three will look like long-term given the injury situations and, and the contracts there. But Tom O'Connor has to be your starting left centre-back now. And, you know, there was obviously interest previously for Wrexham to try and buy a specialist there. Obviously, they got Boyle in the summer who, you know, the plan would have been for him to be that starting left centre-back. But it's a credit to Tom O'Connor now that there's not really calls for us to go out and sign one because he looks so good there. And now you've got George Evans. There's less need for him in, in midfield as well. He's a great backup option to have if, if Evans is ever missing. But yeah, for me, I think O'Connor is a centre-back now for the foreseeable future. What do you reckon, Sutty, on Tom O'Connor? Yeah, definitely. And I think what he, what he actually brings is a great balance, which they were probably missing, I'd say, for the first month of the season. You know, well, two months really. Since George Evans came in and made, I think it was Stockport, he was brought in after that 5 0 mess, wasn't he? I think that was the game 
afterwards against Crew that he came in. And I look at him and I, you know, I know people say Lee player of the season and, and I, you know, he's got a great stake for it. He really has. But Evans possibly the one for me because I think he's transformed the team. He's the man who holds everything together. He's the guy who's, you know, he'll, he'll give a little, you know, it's basically like a wall with, with some of the center hours, you know, the center hours will give him the ball and then he'll give him it straight back just to create a bit of space. And that's where O'Connor is absolutely superb because the link play that those two have got together, it's superb. And it allows Wrexham to come up the pitch then they work it out to McLean out left. And all of a sudden, they've gone 30 yards just with those three as a little triangle. And I really like the way they build forward like that. I don't Whether Boyle will be able to do that, I'm not sure. I, I feel a little bit sorry for him because at the start of the season, everyone was all over the place at the back and the, and the midfield, to be fair. There was no protection whatsoever for that back three. Ben Sosa was having an absolute nightmare at the start. You know, he went out of the side. And I'd say since he came back in, he's been absolutely sensational. He's the one guy as well who'll ping it 35, 40 yards. And I know people will say, oh, well, that went astray. But he's the guy who's taking him forward. And I really like that. You know, I really like when he does that. But I think the balance right across it is superb. And I think Max has done really well. I thought he was a little bit caught in possession and a little bit in the headlights at times in that first half at Shrewsbury. But I think before that, he'd been superb. And he's, he's given it a nice balance as well. I prefer Hayden there, but he's just not fit all the time. So... A lot of you know whether, yeah. it's, whether it's by accident or by design, you know. Obviously, everyone will say it's by design if you're on the management side. Other side, you'll say, well, you know, you know, not not counted the perfect case of point away from home. You know, you looked at that team and thought, cracker, they've got two midfielders here in the back three. Toza then came in. He wasn't even in the eighteen, and then he started the game because of an injury in the warm up. But all of a sudden, since then, it's been transformed and. And I, like you say, it's a long-winded answer of saying, yeah, I think Tom O'Connor's done really well. <laughs> yeah, it was a long... I'd also want to say as well, I agree with that. I thought Max and Ford were a bit susceptible at the weekend. I thought Ryan Barnett again. You, I, you've got to give Parkey the, the praise for changing the game and knowing when to time those subs because whenever a sub comes on, you say, oh, they change it, but it's always down to the manager for timing it so well. Ryan Barnett just gave us that impetus and, you know, last 20 minutes, we had them pe- penned in. I know that the sort of rhetoric's been, look, Shrewsbury missed a hat full of chances. And yeah, on another day, they might win that. But I also think, look, if Wrexham were a little bit sharper, we could have got two or three towards the end because they had nothing to, op- to offer. They had no answer for us when we just had them penned back in. And, you know, again, we say this every week now, don't we, Nave, that Parky's got this reputation of being a bit of a dinosaur. He can only play one way. But Wrexham, to be quite frankly, we take the piss with teams and even teams above us. And when we're on it, we are absolutely on it. And yeah, to bring in what Sooty said as well, no matter what happens at Blackburn, we are going to give them a game and they will be dreading facing us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to get Wrexham. Um, not only because of all the attention it will bring, but you know, it is a championship club. And if you go out, it, it's it's not ideal. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Even with Wrexham's you know, impressive players. On Barnet, his family were at the back of the stand, his mum, dad and his sisters. And... Um, the just the energy came on with you just looked like a player that was like um and when I was walking out some of the Shrewsbury lads were saying how how have we let him go yeah have we you know that the revisionism that comes with how's he how's he how's he slipped through our net because he came on and he was more dynamic than almost all of the wingers on the pitch I thought and also I want to give a shout out to Sam Dole because I thought he really did make an impact I know it was hard for Fletcher because he scored that hat trick you almost felt like you had to play him. You can't really drop him to the bench after a hat-trick. Um, and yet I just felt in that first half, him and Mullin barely got the ball. And when they did, 
it was one of those halves, wasn't it, Sutty, where it was just bouncing off from nothing in the channels, nothing they could really, I didn't think, do. No, definitely not. And because it was one of the things we were talking about at halftime in the press box, that the ball, A, hadn't stuck up front, but it, it, when it got there, it was either straight above somebody's head or, like you say, it was in the channels for, for Mullin to chase. And the best he was ever going to do was get a throw-in, to be honest, because he looked at the midfield and they were 35 yards away. That's no good if you're the front two. You need to be able to play off them, you know. We love the little triangles that, you know, Mullin and Lee will do together. That's when you need them, when you need them 10 yards apart, not 35. But they, they sorted it. You know, they were under the cosh. They dug in, but they came out, and I thought they were a lot better second half. And I agree with you, Barnett. It was fantastic when he came on. I, I can't remember if they just changed the left back or he changed him just after. But the guy he was up against, mm. he, he was struggling. He really was struggling against Barnett. Yeah. And that changed the impetus again. I know they had the two chances at the end, which they're always going to have when you, you know, you, you're going to throw the ball forward like they did. And but yeah, I, th- I thought it were a good, 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 solid performance. It probably deserved a draw, but like with this team, they just find a way of winning games. And you know what a great night that is. There was there was a brilliant moment where Barnett just after he'd come on, he was in acres of space. I think people Shrewsbury still sort themselves out, and he was throwing his arms around and really kicking off at George Evans and giving it large, saying like, "Give me the ball. I'm open. I'm going to skin this." guy alive and uh once George Evans had talked to me he was like next time just keep Andy Cannon was just saying just keep giving it to to Ryan Barney he's got him on toast <laughs> yeah um but yeah I I mean so he will obviously as we go on we'll talk about your year following it but Wrexham and the FA Cup is some people one of my mates in work was saying oh it's cliche about Wrexham and the FA Cup I don't think it is because they do have quite a lot of fairly regular runs like this and I think look going forward third and fourth round can be something that Wrexham fans should be looking at on a regular and not, you know, once every blue moon. Yeah, I was, I was funny enough, I was looking at the, the record today and uh, for something else, and I think it was 98, 99 and 99, 2000, both got to the fourth round. But then before that, it was something like 80, 81 and 81, 82. I could be wrong with that. I'm just talking up the top of my head there. But I'm thinking, I'm surprised at that, you know, to actually get back-to-back fourth round appearances. But then you think, well, 15 years in non-league, you know, getting to the fourth round is a hell of a long way away because it's fourth qualifier you're starting, isn't it? So there is that pedigree, but it hasn't been there, you know, for 20 odd years. But that, <clears throat> excuse me, but that's changing. You know, you can see that. And like I say, I, I can see them going further in this. I can see them getting past Blackburn. And then they might get the glamour tie that everyone wants, whether that's at home or whether that's away with, you know, 9,000 at whatever ground you stick a pin in the, in, in you know, whether it's Newcastle or wherever. But it's 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 coming. It's coming because, you know, there's, there's going to be a hell of a lot more days like there has been over the last couple of seasons in the FA Cup going forward. And I think that the, the interesting thing I found as well, certainly coming from the outside, is watching how different and how much more football Wrexham play against teams from higher up. I thought against Coventry and Sheffield United last season, the football was very, very different to what they were playing during the week because they're allowed to. They're allowed to play. And you can see that with teams higher up. They're letting them to play more football. And they've got players who can play. You know, you're talking earlier about people say Parky's a bit of a dinosaur, but, he, you know, he's not the sort who's going to roll it out to his centre-half and, you know, all the time, like some of these suicidal, you know, managers do, like Martin. <laughs> I know he's doing well at Southampton, but I'd have a heart attack if I was following one of his teams. He's never going to do that. But he does like to be played through the middle and he's got players who can do yeah. it, so... Yeah, he also just plays to his strength, though, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, what yeah. I, I say this at the weekend, I mean... The reason Wrexham can be so good in the cup competitions is because our style of play is finessed, but it's not totally changed. It can yeah. still work and be effective against any opposition. 
Whereas you look at who Shrewsbury beat in the round before that, it was yeah. Notts County who gifted them all the goals because their style of play yeah. didn't quite offer itself up to the opposition they were playing. Yeah. If if Notts County had got Man City, they would have still tried to play the exact same yeah. way of football. They would have had 10% possession, got fresh. Yeah. If Wrexham play Man City, our style of play will still be exactly the same and probably be as effective percentage-wise because we just play to our strengths. And I just find it incredible that all these sort of Twitter analysts think that Phil Parkinson is stuck in the past because he plays to his strengths that win games a hell of a lot more than the other styles of play. But you know, Rich, you know what um that first half against Shrewsbury reminded me of a little bit was the first half of the return leg against Sheffield United, where we barely got out of our I remember I was next to you for that game. We barely got out of the half and we had Harry Lennon playing. He felt like he hadn't played for about 15 years. And we just dug in and we were thinking we, our only ball was like a long ball over the top to Mullin. And we had a couple of runs, but I was thinking we've ridden out the storm and then we obviously could have gone 2-0 up, two penalties. And it, you know, who knows? It could have been different. You could have had Spurs. So what, going in at halftime, my final point on the Shrewsbury game was almost riding that storm out and it being nil-nil. Conquer made one sort of gather in front of him. He's just top class again. I just have so much confidence that he's going to save everything. Even when he came out and flapped at a punch, I just thought, even that he sort of gets right. If he gets it wrong, he gets it right somehow. Um, and uh, yeah, so it reminded me a little bit of that that second leg against Sheffield United. Yeah, I also think though, like you mentioned a good point there, is when the players went in level at, at half time at the weekend, you've just listed it there. It's happened so many times before that their confidence will be sky high because they weren't losing the game and they've done it so many times before. Their game plan is perfected. They can go a goal one or two down and still have the belief that they're going to win. But when a game starts going your way like that and that miss, what was just before half time for about four yards out, when that goes over, not only did us as fans feel this is on here, the players would have been like, yeah, this is on as well. We've not been beaten. We can go up a few gears. They're playing pretty well and still not scoring. And it's just that mentality. And like we said, bring on Blackburn. I guess the only not negative, but from a Wrexham fan point of view, there is that slight pessimism that, look, we got to the fourth round two years in a row on our glamour tie with Sheffield United, which, yeah, no offence, no offence, but we we dreamed of every team and we will have said hypothetically, oh, we'll be at Newcastle, we'll be at Tottenham, we'll be playing United, we'll be playing City and, yeah, you know, eventually we'll get one, but it's probably better suited because we learn a lot more from having these close games against championship teams than maybe we would do if we played a top Premier League team and they just beat us. You know, it'd be a great occasion, but maybe not the best exercise. So I'm I'm really interested by this one. I'm going to say this to Sutty. Sutty, do you think that getting a Blackburn away championship, you're struggling in the championship, is better than, say, getting like a Bournemouth away? Because Bournemouth are Premier League, but it's a long way away. It's a smaller ground, a smaller allocation. The more I thought about it and tried to G myself up for it, it's nearby, massive ground, hopefully massive allocation and winnable. I mean, that's four things there that we'd all want out of a draw. Definitely. Like I, I was, again, I was like you thinking about it, you know, even getting a team like Wolves. You know, Wolves are a fantastic football team. It'd be very hard to beat. You know, if it was Molyneux, which to me is one of the great grounds, you know, it's still town centre. The walk from the towns, like it's always been. I really like going there. It's a, it's a fantastic venue. But I've seen if you go there and lose sort of 3 0 and it's a struggle. Because, you know, they're a brilliant team. So I saw Bournemouth, you know, the Premier League, there's so much quality up there. Yeah, it's it's great to, like you say, you get the bigger way. You, you want to go to Tottenham, you want to go to Newcastle, Old Trafford. And, you know, you lose 3 0 there, you think, oh, well, at least we've had the big day out. If you go to Bournemouth and lose 3 0, you think, well, that were a bit. And there's only that were a bit a bit rubbish, and there's only eleven hundred fans can go. 
Uh, obviously, Wolves will be different. You get sort of three or 4,000. But I think this is a great one. Obviously, famous last words will be sat here on the 28th and they've got Dick 4-0 or something at Blackburn. And we're like, well, that was, that was good, wasn't it? You know, that, that was fantastic. But I, I, I can see them getting something there. I really can. Because, like I say, I think they suit playing better teams. Uh, and certainly, you know, a team in the Championship who aren't ripping up at anything up at the moment. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with muck delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. You go knife? No, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, just, so, sorry. I thought you. I thought you were going to move on to the next uh, next topic, Rich. Yeah, well, I guess we can. Well, I guess the, the time to talk now is look, we're not only in the January window, but we are over halfway through for the league campaign now. We can sort of see the patterns. We can see which teams are the real deal, who are the contenders, who are the pretenders in League Two this season. I just wanted to maybe gauge with our guest, with City, what, what you've made of Wrexham so far and what do you reckon of our, of our promotion chances? Because, you know, myself and Nafe are still damaged from 15 years in non league and maybe don't get too carried away like we should do. We don't quite have that American optimism yet. Um, but you know, I'm I'm feeling very confident of promotion. I just do not know where we're going to finish between first and third, but I do really think we'll go up. What What about yourself? Yeah, I think it's an absolutely belting division this year. I think it really is. I think there's so many good teams, and there's so many teams with big. You know, people always talk about Wrexham and you know the money they've got, but you know, Notts County spending big money. Stockport have been spending big money. Mansfield spending a huge amount of money for what their actual crowds are. You know, that there's some big, big. Uh, wage bills in this division, but I think they'll go up. I really don't. I think they'll go. I've said right from the start, even in the opening weeks when they were, you know, let's put it polite, all over the place at the back. You know, there was, like I said, that lack of protection in midfield when it just wasn't working till till Evans came on board really. Um, but I just think that they they're definitely there's there's not three bit three better teams than them I've seen this season. Uh, you know, I thought Mansfield were fantastic in that first half in the league. I thought that's the best team I've actually seen so far the way they pressed again like you say talking behind the goal on Shrewsbury by the sounds of it you, you know the, you, you didn't think Mansfield were going to match that for the rest of the game and they couldn't and you know and Wrexham could have got it in the end you know they could have been 3-0 down at half time but again they dug in there and they got it through and you know they could have sneaked something there um, so I think they're going to be there Stockport are obviously have been absolutely flying Barrow funnily enough I'm, I'm spending tomorrow at, with Barrow at their training ground because I think it's amazing what they've done, you know, because they're, they're the one team who haven't spent that much, who haven't got big big amounts of money. And yet, there they are. You know, I went I went up last Saturday when they played Tramier and it wasn't a great game. But after what had happened at, uh, at the race course, obviously losing like they were, you could see they were a little bit nervous, but they got the 1-0 win, 10 minutes to go. I think that, that'll get them going again. 
and I think they'll be up there. But I, I just think Wrexham have got a fantastic team and a fantastic squad. You know, you, you're talking there about is it by accident or by design, but by the very fact that they went to Notts County with no centre-halves initially, and obviously Ben Toza came in. But they were fantastic that day with two midfielders down there because they've got quality right through. George Evans can play centre-half, he can play the holding midfielder player. You know, you've got you've got Cannon, who I think has been superb for the last two months. I thought he was awful at the start of the season. I think he's been absolutely transformed, just like Toza. He could play anywhere across that midfield. Obviously, Elliot Lee's had a fantastic season. You know, if Mullins goes three or four games, he's not scoring. Stephen Fletcher comes in and gets a hat-trick. I think Oli Palmer has been superb this season. I know he's got a lot of critics, but I think he's been superb. The, 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 the wax he's taken up top this season. Uh, you know, McLean had a dodgy spell sort of September, October when he came in, but he's he's sensational now. And they've just you go through, right through this team, there's, there's two players from almost every position, and they're going to strengthen this month. We know that. You know, they are going to strengthen. So, I, I, you know, I, I said at the start, I thought they'd win the league. I thought I thought them and Notts County, to be fair, would go straight through. Having watched the league this season, I think it's stronger than I thought it was going to be. But I still think Wrexham's going to be top three quite comfortably, if I'm honest. And, uh, you know, I, obviously you're there to be shot at. But I, I really do. I think they've got strength right across. And they've just got that inner belief that even when things are going wrong, like Salford, like Crewe, like Swindon, they're going to get out of trouble. And, you know, the big shock is, is when they don't get out of trouble, like Accrington. And we all go away thinking, well, have they lost that one? And you think, well, yeah, but, you know, these guys, they just, and you know, nine times out of ten, they do pull it off. What, what I would say, though, and I, I think the, this is the beauty of the division, which means you can, even when we have bad days, Accrington, me and Rich were there, soaked in that away end. Uh, Walsall, Rich was there again. And um, we've got a common denominator here, haven't we? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> at least Atkinson's only 15 minutes in the house, though. Walsall's a tell- lot further away. Lord, he kept telling me at Atkinson, he was like, oh, I'm only 15 minutes away. By the time you get out, I'll be home. Um, <laughs> is that, you know, Notts County is still up there. They've lost 10 games, lost 10 league games. You can't afford. And what I would say, if there's anything, I think we'll be in that top three. A, fairly, a, a few games before the end, I think we'll be there, but long before Crew and Stockport. But what I would say is really that away form is that's the only thing that will undo us. The race course was so good there. We have been for you know, the whole time you've covered us, Sooty, and we've been good for really since we lost to Yeovil in what was it, 2021, Rich? Um we've been we've been nearly flawless there. Um but we do look different away. And I think maybe it's about finding ways to manage games away, whether it's just knowing when to take a point or I don't know what it is, but it is a way Harrogate when we should have won that game, really. Uh, Walsall, we got blown, you know, the doors got blown off there. They looked shattered in fairness. I thought maybe we just looked tired. It caught up with us. Swindon, I know we ended up down to 10 men. We deserved, I thought, to win that. But again, that could have ended in a draw. That would have been another two points drop. So, it, more so the away form, that's, that's what I'd be looking at. But that's the quality of this division and the fact that you can't dominate it. It's not like the National League, you know, where sort of the top five or six are good sides. And the rest really are just fodder. This is a good, you know, look what happened to Mansfield last Saturday. You know, they, 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 there's, there's teams who can trip you up left, right and centre. And I think, you know, that it's a massive plus how good they are at home. You know, they, they're absolutely dominant there. And, you know, the smashing sides left, right and centre. There's going to be a big test to come because they've still got, you know, Stockport on the last day. Mansfield has still got to come. You know, Notts County, there's a lot of, which I, I also think could weight it against in terms of the away form, the fact that they've done all right so far because they've had so many tough away games. But I just think it, it, it's just going to happen. You can't control 46 games 
But they, they still don't lose. What have they lost? Is it four now in 25, 24, 25? You know, that's 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 phenomenal in a division like this where, you know, there are so many good teams. You know, if, even, you know, the, the home game against Sutton, you know, they, 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 Sutton played really well that day. You know, 88 minutes it took Lee to get the winner. And, you know, there's 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 no gimmies. But I do think going away from home, they've got the Forest Greens, they've got Sutton's. You know, they are the, the games. If you if they are going to dominate away games, it's going to be there. You're not going to dominate Field Mill because they're too good. Notts County, it was it could have gone either way. You know, Notts County could have won 2-0. Wrexham won 2-0. I thought it could have gone either way. You're not going to go to these really good sides and be able to dominate. So maybe it is more a case of you stay in your shell and you just try and stay in games and do it. You know, you can't win 5-0 away every week. That's, that's just not how it's going to work. Not in a division like this. I think it's the strongest... I've seen a lot of League Two through Bradford and Harrogate and teams like that. This is the strongest League Two I've seen in a long, long time. So, I, I, I think they're doing all right. I think, and I think by the end of the season, they'll have plenty of away points because, like I say, they are now going. I know Accrington, the loss there, but they're going to teams now where you think, you know, the, 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 if if they want to take charge of a game, they've got more chance of taking charge at Forest Green than you have at Meadow Lane or Edgeley Park or wherever else. It's not even a bad point. I'm still, but I'm still annoyed about that point at Bradford. We just, uh, I feel like that just that was, such, that was such an annoying performance because they hadn't really figured it out at that point. And I was right, I was behind the goal, but right to the left, and you could see the referees and the managers. And Parky was, it was great. I was more entertained watching Parky storm in at the end than I was on the on the pitch. Accrington, I had no complaints. We were crap and. Walsall, we were rubbish. So, you know, the ones I've got no complaints over, but that Bradford one sticks in the court. What I would say quickly, Rich, before I throw it to you, Barrow, great point. I know they only had that one chance, Aqua, but it's a great finish. Nothing you can do about that. Yeah. And Mansfield, incredible point. You know, I know we could have nicked it, but... And Barrow, they should have won. You know, they had that one. Was it Dolby yeah, who got in behind near the end and all he needs to do right. is pick out Palmer and he, he couldn't and... You know, I thought there should was there a header over the bar as well? Yeah, that, from quite a close range, I think. I thought they were the better yeah. team up at Barrow, and that was very early in the season. One, they'll be fine. You know, I know it, it has been chalk and cheese the performances, but I think they'll be fine. And by the end of the season, they'll have enough points away from home to uh, to do the job. Yeah, I think it's what we played seven of the top ten, including ourselves, yeah. obviously, away from home yeah. already. Yeah. Like, like I said, yeah. they've all got to come to the race course yeah. where we know we're, we're almost flawless. So we're going to be absolutely fine. In terms of January, then, we know Wrexham want to strengthen this month. We typically leave it a little later in the window. We take our time. We won't rush into deals. And from a fan's point of view, I'm very pleased to see that the club stick to their principles, really. If there's a player there that they want, they send, they tend to you know, stick to the fee. They don't want to be ripped off. There is a Wrexham tax that we're all aware of. They want to get the very best players who are not only good enough for League Two, but are future-proofed if we get promoted to, to League One. So from your point of view, from your maybe more analytical point of view than us who are so emotionally invested, where do you think Wrexham needs to invest uh, invest this month? Where do we need to strengthen? I'd say centre-half. I think it's, you know, obviously O'Connell's been fantastic. I think Toza has as well. Um, obviously, there's, there's guys who are coming to the end now, you know, in terms of the contracts that I personally wouldn't extend, you know, get through this season fine, but I, th- I think you know that 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 process could start now in terms of you know get somebody in who can play that right hand side who's going to be fit every week of the of the back three. Tozer, I think, should play every week at the moment because, like I say, he's the guy who pings the ball 35, 40 yards. Nobody else does that from the back line, so otherwise you're just going to have lots of night nice neat passing. Um, whereas I think you need toes. Like I say, they don't all work, but I think he's been superb. But yeah, I'd like to see there. 
midfield was an area I, I initially wanted to see strength, but I just think Cannon's been so, so good recently. I, I don't think there's a mad push. I think it'd be great if they could get another body in there. Um, just like I say, if, if you know, James Jones again, I think he's been superb for the last six, seven weeks when he's had a chance. Um, I think they're the positions. Obviously, Arthur's the interesting one. You know, 15 to, 15's the cut off for any loans to get um, recalled. So next Monday's the big one. If they get past that, which there's no sign they're not going to at the moment, you know, in terms of Arsenal wanting him back, then that means he's going to be here for the rest of the season. Obviously, in, in the long term, you want to buy him, definitely. You know, if, if, if they can pay, whatever it's going to be. And obviously, they've not extended his contract. So that means he's, he's, he's technically, he could walk away in the summer. Whether they'll offer him the same terms he's on, but I, I understand he's on a very, very good deal down at uh, Arsenal. So whether they'd want to do that, just in case that then, I won't say lumbered with him for the next two years, but you know, if, if if they won't want that because by not giving him a contract now, they've clearly decided he's not going to be for them going forward. Obviously, they've they've got two number ones really, haven't they? And they can't decide between those at the moment. So obviously, Arthur's way way down. If they could secure him. I don't necessarily think it'll be this month, but if they do, you know, he could be a goalkeeper for five, six years going forward, you know, and, and like you say, he's, he's been a revelation and he's also, and I spoke to a lot of people towards the end of the end of December in terms of what it's going to be like, you know, will it be straight out of the blocks getting signs? And I was told no, because hey, George Evans and Arthur came through on the final day in the summer. I know we all looked at Armstrong and it all went wrong with that one. But those two weren't available until four days before the window. So you you couldn't have signed George Evans in August the August the fifth because Millwall weren't letting him out. And obviously in the end, Millwall paid him up, so he then came as a free agent, which was great for Wrexham. So the patience paid off there. I know Parkey was patient with Elliot Lee two years ago as well because Elliot Lee had so many options and he took some convincing. Obviously, he's said many times since, you know, it's the best decision he's ever made because he's part of a project going forward now. But, it, you know, it was a big decision to go from where he was, dropping into non-league. Players are nervous about doing that because you might never get out. Obviously, it's worked out brilliantly for him and he's done superbly. But, again, the club was show patience. And I was also told at the end of December that there was a possibility there was no need to do a massive rush because there might only be two league games available in January because nobody could play against Barrow because it's the first of the month. You can't sign anybody in time for that. And then the FA Cup, there was a chance then that the Crawley game would have to get moved. So there was no need, like Carlisle got um, Armstrong in as soon as they could because they wanted to train him up, but also because they were playing on the 6th, the 13th, the 20th and the 27th. So that's four or five games there where they wanted him up and running. Wrexham only going to play Wimbledon and they're going to play Newport and nobody else in the league. Obviously, the Cup's great, but it's not the priority. So if you have to sign somebody again or two players again on the 31st of January or the 1st of February, the club are relaxed about that's that message I'm getting coming out of the place. So that's not to say it won't happen next week, but they are willing to play the longer game again. And I think history's shown. I know Armstrong was embarrassing and it shouldn't have happened. It shouldn't have been left that late. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't happen at a football club how that finished on both sides. But also just look at Evans and look at a Conquo and think, yeah, patience usually does pay off really. Rich, we're definitely going to get like eight signings tomorrow, and I'll still be doing yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah. we all yeah. we we all know this journalism game. We all know now exactly. I'm, I've I've got a conspiracy theory that the club released news on a Thursday, knowing that we've already recorded on the Wednesday, so we don't <laughs> get it for a week. That old the old news. Um. So yeah, what, what I would say is that I I'm of the belief that we do need, whether it's now or whether in the summer, 
I think we need a different type of striker because I don't think I don't. This is what I'll give you this. I don't think they'll extend Stephen Fletcher. They might do. Yeah. This is my opinion. I don't think they yeah. will. I think Bickerstaff probably needs to go out on loan. Yeah, I'm just giving him a two-year deal. I'd get him out on loan next season. Palmer will be in the last year of his contract. I I personally don't think that will get extended. I bet he would like to extend, but I don't think uh, that I'm will. Not, I'm not sure he's a legal one either. You know, because I, I again I'm I'm forecasting the will go up. I right, think it, right. Has to, it has to change. Yeah, definitely a person. So, so, so then that's then. that that's three off the bat. Yeah. Dolby, I think, is pretty raw. But again, you could easily say right now is probably not top end of League One caliber. Uh, I think that, that wouldn't be too casting too many aspersions on him. Which leaves you with Mullin, and then. You know, there's a reason they want to go and get an Alfie May or a Johnson Clark. Alfie May was last summer, but you know, they maybe need something else, rapid pace yeah. or, or something, because that's yeah. the one thing they haven't quite had in the whole Parky era. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. But whether that'll be this month, I'm not sure. Obviously, there's a there's not many January signings that are fantastic. I know Palmer was. He was just what just what the club needed two years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago. He was just what they needed, but in the in the, in the EFL, uh, particularly up, or up in the Premier League, there's not that many January signings that usually it's usually a panic job. So if somebody comes along that they want, fine. You've also got to think as well that the, the sort of players that Wrexham want are playing for clubs. So getting them out in January is not going to be easy. There's going to be a you know you talk about the Wrexham premium. There's a January premium as well. So I think they're fine for this season with Fletcher, Dolby, Palmer, and Mullin. I think they're absolutely fine with that. But I, t- I totally agree with you. Then in the summer, it probably does need a lot of surgery up top. But do that in the summer when it's easier. And players players are more open to moving then. You know, it's hard to move in January. You know, if you're at one end of the country, you know, and you've got to get up here, it's, it's difficult, is that? So, I'd, you know, if they could get somebody in, I'm, I'm sure they will. You know, I've seen them linked with various Irish strikers, which I don't know whether it's anything or not. They're obviously people who could be projects, like, like McNicholas is going to be in as the keeper. Um, but... In terms of, you know, if we're just looking at this season, I think it's the back three where if we're going, if we're going to strengthen, do that there, I think. What I'd say is, before Rich goes, that agents, well, we'll all say this, because agents are the ultimate spin doctors. So when you see all these names on Twitter and you're asking us, you're asking Sutty or you're asking me, me or Rich, is this person legitimate? Is that person? I've no doubt in any of the reporters that what they've been, that is what they've been told. But what is the motive behind that? Don't just I'd take most of it with a grain of salt until you see him with the with the shirt or or the or the scarf. Especially, but especially the way Wrexham do stuff as well, because you know how many signings have actually happened, and that's the first we know about it. I, oh, don't, yeah. I, I don't just mean in the media; I mean in fans and you know fans always have the way of getting information out of clubs because they know somebody who knows somebody else, and it's very very rare that a signing will be sort of. Um, sort of put out there three weeks before it actually happens. You know, if it if it happens, it might be somebody might put something on online twelve hours before the deal actually happens because people don't know. They're very very good at keeping it in house. Rich, there's a it's great annoying, story. The great story where me and Sutty were uh, me and Sutty were outside, and uh, a woman was telling us that she basically broke or leaked to the Stephen yeah. Fletcher was signing because she just her. into him. <laughs> yeah, she, she, did, she didn't recognise him. She said, are you signing? You look like, you sort of look like a player because you've got a nice car. She got a picture and there you go, uploaded on Facebook and yeah. Stephen Fletcher was joining. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the ultimate Fabrizio Romano move. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he does it. That's how he does it. Anyway. Um... Um... 
Rich, I was gonna Rich, I was gonna ask you though, because you wrote about this and somebody tweeted us and asked us about loans, and we know Parky doesn't really want to do them at any stage. Someone was asking us about the United youngster that you wrote about Shola Shoratire. But on a wider point, we do, I don't think we need a, a project now, do we? Going into the second half of the season like that? I just don't agree on this sort of... Just Rexman's interest aren't on developing Premier League's players for them. You know, that's what they've got the Papa John's trophy for and stuff. And yeah, Parky wants permanent players. He can be part of his project for, for years to come. And you mentioned a good point there about buying in January anyway. I think we've got enough to get to the, the season. But then also... If come the end of the season, we are promoted to League One, you're not selling someone the dream of we might get promoted this season. You're selling them the guarantee of League One football and then it's, we might get to the championship. So, yeah, like I said, I think we'd be very specialist if we if we do buy someone this month and it's got to be the, the right personnel. We're not going to just spend money for the sake of it. But, yeah, in terms of sort of Premier League youngsters, we always get linked with Liverpool or United or City sort of youth players because they invariably want to go get proper professional experience. But... Covering Man United on a day-to-day basis myself, there are so few United youngsters who go out on loan and actually play well at football league clubs. Most of them go there, make their debut immediately, and then just drift off into the the wilderness, really. And that's the same with Shoratire. And you know, I've checked that out. And when I went to United with Shola Shoratire, they said we haven't heard of him going to Wrexham. And you know, I've also checked out his agents' way. And they said, no, we're not looking at that at the moment. So you Wrexham will have an interest in some young players and possible loan options to fall back on as a last resort. But from what I understand, the preference is always to get players in permanently who aren't just here for a short time. We're going to be part of the, the wider project because it's so much easier. And it's very difficult. You know, a Conquo is an exception to it, but you can't build a team around someone about who might leave soon. And, you know, they always say, don't fall in love with a loan player, but... It is too late for us with a Conquo in it, but you know we shall see. I think it will. The higher Wrexham go, I think that this aversion to loan players will have to change, because the higher you get, you know, it, the, the championship promotion race has been decided so many times over the last few years by loanees. You know, Sheffield United, who I was covering last season, got McAtee and Tommy Doyle from Man City. They made all the difference when they went up the season uh, the time before in 2019. They have Dean Henderson in goal, you know, Manchester United goalkeeper. That's when it really makes a difference because they're the ones who get you over the line because you need a £15 million, £20 million player to get out of the championship. You need somebody with that talent. You don't need that in League Two. If you're going to get players from Man United or Man City or Liverpool in, in League Two, you're only going to get the 17, 18, 19-year-olds whose only previous experience is having played in the Football League trophy. And that's that's you know would would you would you get a kid in from City or United and say well can you do the job Ollie Palmer does no be very very rare for them yeah. to do that. You're speaking as if you've learnt this from your football manager, say with the Athletic. <laughs> have you been, been rejected a few times, have you? Or... Yeah, I'm bitter over a couple who turned me down, definitely. <laughs> I was going to ask you this: you mentioned there that when we go up, our transfer policy might need to sort of evolve. Do you think our style of play is going to need to evolve at some some stage at all? Um, or do you think it is quite effective up the leagues? Because I've I've sort of set myself this, I don't know where it's come from, this sort of ceiling that we'll be okay to get sort of mid-table League One that we saw the weekend against Shrewsbury. But if we want to challenge at the top of League One, we might need to be you know, a bit smarter with how we use the ball. We might need to be a bit more direct when we get in the final third. We might need a bit more pace. What do you think of, of terms of his tactically? Because I know, again, as we said, Parky often gets criticised for only being able to play three-five-two. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, don't necessarily whether it'll change formation because I know people 
at Wrexham, always think he's 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 glued to this formation, but he never played it. He never played it in five years at Bradford. You know, it's not it's not like this. And I I, I can't I can't speak about his time at uh, at Bolton because I I didn't cover the club there, and I don't think he ever played it at, at Hull either. You know, in the five months that he had there, um, obviously it's it's been his go to formation since he got to Wrexham, and it's obviously working because you know looking at the progress they're making, but. You know, it is 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 it changes during games. You know, he just go to a back four. Um, it will. They'll have to play more football as they get higher. But and that happened again at Bradford. They came out of League Two, uh, got up by the playoffs. And once they got to League One, I think they finished tenth or eleventh his first year. But then got in the playoffs his second season, and they, they played more football. You know, they got players who were better. It, it didn't help there that the pitch was an absolute ploughed field. So. He had to go some direct sort of between October and February, really, which uh, wasn't wasn't great. But it will evolve, and like I say, you see that in how they how they played against Coventry and Sheffield United, and and even you know Shrewsbury is a different one because really you look at the squads, and I know they're League One and 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 Wrexham are League Two, but the squads are on a par really. But I, I do think when they play the better teams, they are allowed to play football, and 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 they do play football. You can't if people with you know like. George Evans, Andy Cannon, and 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 Elliot Lee in midfield—they're footballers. They're not people who just hook it over the shoulder and let everyone chase it into the corner. That's that's not how they play. So uh, that, everything evolves as it goes along, and Wrexham will be the same as they go up the leagues because as they get higher, they'll get better players, and that's what I mean. Where they get to the championship, they'll need a McAtee or a Doyle or you know whoever to do it, rather than you know guys who've just been really successful lower down. So it's. Almost or approaching a year since you've been, you know, on the Wrexham beat all the time. I thought we could just maybe chat about some of the some of the highlights of the year. You obviously spoke to McElhenney and almost, dare I say, I bet some of your more favourite things have been without the glitz and the glamour of the owners, going with the London Reds, going. I mean, look at the one you did the other day with the Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl coach. I mean, oh, it went... 3.5 million views or something on yeah. there. I bet, I bet the bosses were chuffed. Absolutely. You know, one of them that... I, I I didn't have a drink on New Year's Eve for that very reason because Paul Paul the guy I was meeting he says oh can we meet at nine o'clock I'm thinking oh, I live an hour and a half away and I thought oh, go on then all right Bob so I had to drive over and got there for nine so I meant leaving here at half seven so I forsook my uh, having a pint on uh, New Year's Eve but it was worth it in the end so no, and it was and they were great and you know you know that the US tour was was obviously going to stand out I was with you in the pubs and clubs of. Uh, of uh, of LA and uh, and and Chapel Hill particularly, the you know that what what a, what a trip that was you know it was just you know just stuff you can't you know you, you're never going to forget or joining in with the cryotherapy was a, an interesting one with the players you know you have the, where they have the thing which and I, I, Kev Mulholland obviously the head of medical he says oh do you want to try it when I got there and I thought if if work find out I've said no way I'm going to get an absolute rollicking so I had to do it so there I am fifty years old stood in my pants with all these you know, perfect specimens who are footballers and you think, yeah, this ain't a great look, you know, and it's freezing cold in the car park at the race course. So that sticks in the mind a little bit, but it's, it's everything really. It's you know, from interviewing Wayne down at the turf or I, t- no, today I've interviewed um, Steve Tapp, you know, from the trainer revival, you know, just about what happened obviously with the break-in and everything like that, which will go out next week. And I love stuff like that, you know, and then uh, you finish it, says, I'll see you for a pint on so-and-so, you know, and it, that, it's just been great. I've just... I think the, the best thing has been everyone's been so friendly, you know, because you come from the outside and you're always a little bit apprehensive because, A, you don't know the history, you don't know, you know, you, this, that and the other. And 
there's always there's usually politics at a football club when you start covering them, but I haven't come across that at all. You know, it's probably different four years ago. You know, when things weren't so good and people's blaming so and so, and then so and so's blaming him and or her. Whereas obviously when things are going well, it's a nice, you know, it's been a fantastic beat to get parachuted in into. It really has. It's uh, it's it's been an amazing year. I was going to say, Rich, you're on a beat that's doom and gloom all the time. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. We're putting the money out every day. It's just disaster after disaster after disaster. And then you get all these false dawns that are, that are just amplified to levels that are preposterous. And then they come crashing down again. So, yeah, Wrexham is just, it's like therapy for me. And this podcast is as well, just to get away <laughs> from the workplace. So for that to be a job as well, it's, it's, it's exciting. And yeah, I suppose as well. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, because obviously you're should I say more experienced than both of us in, in terms of age? What, what, Older. What were the... Older, you mean. Yeah, we'll call that. Um, Grey hair. What, 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 what was it like covering that, that promotion night against Boring Wood then? Was that, was that the, like, or when was the moment for you? Because obviously we're always told externally and you're always told Wrexham are a big club. Was there a moment for you where the penny almost dropped and you're like, you know, shit, this, they are a big team? Like, because it's one thing saying we're a big team, but was there any moment for you when you were almost blown away by, by the support or by how much it really did mean to, to Wrexham fans. It's interesting. Obviously, Notts County is always going to be there, you know, just in terms of A, what that day meant, but B, just the emotion of that, you know, that final whistle and, you know, obviously the penalty said, the, 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 and, and just what it meant to everybody, you know, because obviously you then scurry straight down to the press room because you, you've got to get your stuff on and the boss says, oh, I need to do it. I want you to tell the story in the words of everybody. So he says, interview as many as you can. So I interviewed somebody like eight, six players and both managers. And I got Sean Harvey to help out with various things. And, you know, and you think you went, I remember being over in that Ramada hotel at half past 11. Because obviously the, the, I'd been kicked out of the ground at eight o'clock because, you know, they, they want to close it up, which is fair enough. So I went over there, used their Wi-Fi, obviously had a cup of tea and then doing it. And I'm thinking, God, this was that. But then the following day, like you mentioned, that uh, Super um, Super Bowl guy flew over um, over New Year as an article. That one's in with the Knox County, and you suddenly start thinking, "This is this is huge, is this?" And you know, we're owned by the um, the New York Times, so they'll put the highlights of the you know the the athletic you know the 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 biggest stories of the athletic. They'll put them on their website. So many times, Wrexham were on the New York Times because of that American interest. It's and that's when you start thinking, "Crikey, yeah, this is a this is a big gig." Uh, you mentioned that promotion night. That was a strange one, really, because I could see how much it meant to everybody. But you're still an outs- you're still on the outside of it, and you don't want the gate crashed because it's you know that's somebody's. Oh, I say private celebrations, but you guys had served 15 years in that division, and I, I, I'd, I'd done four months, so you feel a bit of a fraud on that one. So I did my stuff, and I, you know, I remember walking behind the because um, I couldn't park in the main pl- the normal place. So I remember walking down into town. And I went round the back of the uh, Mole Road stand, and obviously you could hear the players up in the um, in the suite singing along. I think a Sweet Caroline one or something like that. And I and I was really chuffed for everybody because obviously I've known Phil twenty years, I've known Steve Parkin fifteen years, Aidan Davison, Sean Harvey, all people when I you know at Bradford City in the nineties. So you're really pleased for them, and but you still felt a little bit on the outside of it. And I just thought, yeah, I just want to go home really. And it's brilliant that it's happened, and it's fantastic for everybody. But I think if it happened in, 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 if you know, if when they go up this year, might feel probably feel a bit more part of it because you've sort of done the full season then, and I've walked away with me chin on the ground after Stockport, and obviously I didn't get as wet as you at Accrington, but it it was just as miserable in that press box as it was 
behind the goal, maybe not just as miserable, not as wet, but and I was, you know, I, I was forty minutes from home, not fifteen on that one as well. So it was like a little bit further. But so yeah, it's just been it's just been a fantastic year. I've you know I've been really lucky in my career to cover great times for clubs, you know, like Hull City getting in the Premier League for the first time in two thousand and eight, and Bradford City getting into the Premier League after 77 years for the first time in 1999, whatever it was, Leeds with the Champions League run and all that sort of stuff. But this last year, I've absolutely loved. It's right up there in terms of experiences and, you know, and I know the club will change because the, the bottom line is it's a, it's a, it's a homely family club, even though it's this global superstar and everything like that, but it's, it's still a homely club at the moment. Obviously, the higher they go, the more people come on staff, then that might change. But at the moment, I'm uh, absolutely loving it. Yeah, the best part is you you went through all that and you didn't mention that you watched the game with Will Ferrell. That just shows how much you've done in the year. You yeah, know what I, mean? um, I, I didn't want to boast. I don't want to boast and, uh, about your showbiz pals. <laughs> you, you, you need showbiz pals. <laughs> high life now, Rich. Um, but no, you know what? Um, it's and, and stuff like even this week, talking about Jacob Mendy going off to AFCON, Wrexham in the next 10 years could be full of internationals littered with them, you know, and, and that will be so, so far away from where we've come. And that's the most exciting thing. I tell people all the time, this is the golden era now for the, for this earlier generation of fans is that it won't get much better than this. Really. You're going to go up and up and potentially up again. And, you know, who wouldn't want to help Robin Ryan get all the way? What a story that'd be if you can get there. And, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people with very, very deep pockets that would want to help them get there. So um, I think 2024 is going to be very, very good. I don't know if there's going to be a big Vegas blowout for the lads, but it's going to be very, very good. And we might be there back on LA Beach singing about Ellesmere Port and Chester and all the other rivals, Rich, again. I don't know. Absolutely. That was a fun night, was that, wasn't it? That was a good night. That was a good that night. That was. Me, me. That Sussie, is a highlight. Uh, David, Wayne from the turf, and lots of Americans getting very confused about people chanting about Ellesmere Port. It was quite a very good night. Yeah, very good night. Um, so then any, look, look very quickly, final words about the weekend. Wimbledon, I mean, the earlier game, in early in the season, like second game or something, they they could have done us there. That was, we were still finding our feet, lacking that balance. Different proposition now. Yeah, and that was, you know, we were talking earlier about the 3-5-2 and sticking rigidly, rigidly to it. That was the one game when he changed it, wasn't it? Because he had McLean and Elliot Lee just off. Um, I can't remember who played up front now, but it was a weird formation where two playing off the front man. Palmer, um, yeah. It was Palmer play. I can't remember now. It's that long ago. But but it, yeah, that's one of those that unusual ones. But but yeah, yeah but that was another one, a penalty save, you know, by Ben Foster. And then obviously they got the second one. Um, it'd be tough, but I, I just... I, I can never see against Wrexham at home. I just, you know, they just have this knack of finding a way. You know, it won't be easy because, you know, they're nibbling around the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure. I just, is their striker, is he away? Al Hamadi's at AFCON. Is he the Asian Cup? Yeah, he's an Asian Cup. He's, he's, he's Iraq, isn't he? So I'm, I'm not sure if he's away. I'm, I've not done my research yet, but he's he's a cracking striker. He is. You know, if he's playing, then, you know, he's different. But again, it's great going to the race course with four sides to it. You know, to to actually be there you know, and then not having that just empty end, which just looked terrible every time. You know, you, you sat there in the press box, you look left and you're like, oh, it's just bare earth. You know, is, is it ever going to get sorted? And you just look at it now and, you know, it's. I went on there, the, well, we both went on there, didn't we, that first game against Newport. And it's, you know, it's cold. I know that much. I, I don't envy I'm still thawing out. That was I, a cold. I'm still warming up. That was a cold. The wind was just coming straight into our faces. But it's fantastic just for the atmosphere, for everything. It's, 
it just just gives the feel that it just gives the place that extra feel and uh and what it means as well because it's felt for so long like you said that it's just never going to get fixed yeah. and there's always- it's the 90th minute all your mates are around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mc delivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Always been that pessimism of, well, it's just that's it. We're doing for internity. We'll just be that team with a three-sided stadium yeah. who used to have a brilliant cop. Yeah. And it it did just feel like, in terms of our priorities, it was something we all wanted fixed. But ultimately, it was getting out of the league. That's what yeah. we had to do. And then stabilize yourself in league two and then maybe you have to get to league one or the championship before you have the money to be able to put into a stand so even if it's only temporary yeah brilliant and yeah. it means so much it's such a symbolic structure to have in place isn't it but i suppose so, to give us a bit of positivity as well the club is still very much committed aren't they to oh yeah this, uh, yeah, yeah I, full, full stand. I spoke to humphrey about it just well, just before christmas and you know it, it he, he was open he says he was against putting this stand up because he wants the moment that the go-ahead's gone, whether that's the money, the sewer, whatever else is uh, the problems at, uh, this week. Um, he wants that. He wants that space to go in the ground the moment the, the go-ahead's given. But he's been told it's not. There's going to be a runoff. You know, there's a certain number of weeks, so it only took two weeks to put it up. I'm sure it'll take two weeks to take it down, and even then there'll be that little bit of lull before they can actually get spades in the ground. But the way he was talking, I think it'll be there more or less for the rest of the season. And then hopefully, touch wood, the work then starts in the summer. And it's eleven month project, and it'd be ready for uh, for the championship in twenty. Uh, all right, yeah, yeah, probably League One still, but you know, twenty five, twenty six, whatever it'll be. So, but what a, what a thing that's going to be then. You know, you're going to have this giant because it looks great. The artist impression of it. You know, it's the problem is it's probably going to look everything else going to look quite small then, which uh, but you know that's not a bad problem to have. I guess it just means you've got to upgrade the rest of the ground, doesn't it? Instead. Absolutely. I mean, the first yeah. step. First uh, step. Yeah. Nath, you, Nath's left me hanging a few times. He just stared <laughs> me out until we talked. So it's got to take some good editing to uh, get it's those been a long, it's, been, yeah. it's been a long day. It's been a It'll long be day. Seamless. It's been a long week. It'll be seamless. It'll be long week. But yeah, I suppose that does bring us to the end of today's podcast. Um, as always, please do leave a like, subscribe if you haven't already. I'll Before I say my thank yous, I'll give a big shout out again to Red 10 People Development for making sure the podcast is still sustainable for us. Massive shout out as well to Rexon-based Hypnotic, uh, Rexon-based band Hypnotic for letting us use their music that stings in the show. So thank you so much. We'll have to get you Bye back you. on. Anytime. Season. Anytime. And, Enjoyed it. And again, and again, from a Rexon fan point of view, thank you very much for covering the, the club you wait the way you do and again being part of this Wrexham family now like I said you could you can enjoy the celebrations when they come out later in the season them. hopefully for promotion. Uh Nafe, thank you very much for doing all the dirty work like you always do. You are the George Evans, aren't you? The gorgeous George of the podcast. Oh. Keeping things ticking over. I thought you were gonna say Elliot Lee, small, great beards. 
No, didn't get he's that. talented. Just go, just go to... Okay, right, right, right. Okay, he's talented. George Evans, going... no, George Evans, you're the unsung hero of the podcast. You're the glue. Appreci- the glue. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to say two one will beat Wimbledon at the weekend. The the, the charge will go on, and uh, just want to say very quickly, in case you listen to it, all the best to Jacob Mendy, Afcon. Amazing experience for him. Um, you know. Don't begrudge anyone getting internationals. Hope we're full of internationals in years to come, and I'll be keeping an eye on Gambia's results. That's all. Thank you very much, and we'll see you again next time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.